Good evening. So today's passage comes from Mark chapter 5 verses 21 to 43. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders, named Jairus, came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman who was there, who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realised that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. And trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they had said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Good evening. Now, this evening, we're looking at a passage from Mark 5, verses 21 to 43. And the subject is finding a faith in Jesus. Now, since we're looking at God's word, let's pray that he will open our eyes to what it's teaching. Father, thank you very much that you have given us your word to teach us and to guide us. Please help us now as we look at this passage to see what you have to say to us. For Christ's sake. Amen. Now, some of you know of Jack Miller, who now has died, but he became a Christian in quite an extraordinary way. 
he was a builder, quite a, a rough guy, used to win quite a lot of his arguments with his fist. But then his son developed cancer and it really knocked him. Well, one day he was working on uh, building a house, that's how he made his living. And a lady came and knocked on the door that he was working on. She explained that uh, she wanted some uh, private work done on her house and would he be able to help? And he said, well, normally I would, but at the moment my life is just such a mess, I just can't take anything on. And he explained what had happened to his son. The lady very wisely said, well, can I pray for you? I don't believe in that stuff, he said. She very astutely replied, but that doesn't matter, because I do. Well, he invited her in and they started chatting. And then she asked him, would you like to talk to a surgeon in our church? You might be able to help. And then it transpired that, as coincidences go, that he'd been a patient of mine and I'd operated on him and we got on very well. And he phoned me up. He came and had a meal. And then he realised that perhaps there was a deeper issue here. He joined us at the Friday group. Then he joined us at uh, Christianity Explored. And he then realised that actually the help he needed was from God. And he became a Christian. Quite extraordinary. His, his friends noticed the change in him. Now, in our story tonight, we're looking at two particular people who came to Jesus in extraordinary ways. The first one is this outcast, desolate woman. She's suffering from probably very heavy periods. This made her ceremonially unclean. It meant that she couldn't uh, relate well to others in society. She couldn't go to the synagogue. Probably her marriage would have been in, in trouble. She was uh, ritually unclean. Well, what happens? She uh, suffered a great deal, we lead here, read here in verse 26, uh, under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. She was now very poor. Yet instead of getting better, she got worse. It's interesting. Uh, Luke, the doctor, when he recounts the same story, he's very loyal to his profession. Uh, he leaves out the financial bit and just says, nobody could heal her. The Talmud, which is uh, literally uh, means study, are comments by learned scholars on the Mishnah, the, the laws, the Jewish laws that were uh, sort of put down in 200 AD because the temple had been destroyed and they were scared that the laws would be lost. Well, in the Talmud, there are 12 different uh, remedies for people who had this problem. Uh, there's one of them. Take of the gum of Alexandria, the weight of a small silver coin, of alum the same, 
of crocus, the same, let them be bruised together and given in one to the woman who has an issue of blood. And then he goes on, if that doesn't work, take three pints of Persian onions, boil them in wine and give her to drink and say, arise from thy flux. And it goes, just goes on and on like this. One of them, particularly bizarre, take barley corn taken from the droppings of a white she-donkey. <laughs> now it's very likely this poor lady had been prescribed all of these, spent all her money, but they become worse. She was desperate, she was ostracised by family, socially, religiously, and getting worse. Couldn't get much lower almost as bad as leprosy. Now in contrast, the other man, Jairus. He was a prominent member of society, possibly the leader of the local synagogue, may have been Capernaum, and that was a very prestigious synagogue. He's probably very important, very wealthy, but he was equally in need. His daughter was desperately ill. 12 years old, same as the length of time the lady had had with her problems. He was desperate. You know, parents who are listening to this will know something of this depth of parental love that Jairus felt for his daughter. The bottom was falling out of his life. Everything becoming dark. He was desolate. Now, there you've got Jairus, he's rich. You've got the poor woman, she's poor. One is accepted socially. One is an outcast, rejected. One was well known, the other a nobody. Yet both were beyond natural help. Now this story tells us how both came to faith and both became recipients of God's grace. So now we've got three people in the story. We've got Jairus, the sick woman, and the 12-year-old daughter. Now just remember what's been going on. Let's get the background. Beginning of Mark 4, we know that Jesus has been teaching a large crowd up by the shore of Galilee. He taught in a boat then he and the disciples had crossed over to the other side, down to the land of the Gadarenes, and there he'd healed a man who's severely influenced by evil spirits, legion, and he'd healed him. Now they returned back to the other side of Galilee, possibly near Capernaum, and again he's surrounded by the crowds. Well, at this point, Jairus comes pushing urgently through the crowd. He falls at Jesus' feet. Now remember, Jairus wouldn't have been a fan of Jesus previously. The synagogues had disapproved of Jesus. The Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they didn't like Jesus. Yet here he is 
begging Jesus for help. Surely the reason is he was desperate. He didn't know what to do. It's so encouraging. Like many of us, like Jack, he came to Jesus when he was desperate. We just wanted what we knew Jesus could give us. It wasn't the majesty of his character. It wasn't the brilliance of his teaching. It wasn't because of the amazing apologetic arguments about him. No, it's because Jairus had a real need. He didn't start as a man of faith. He started with a need, recognised Jesus, came to him and then was given a deep real faith. Just imagine the scene. Jairus is now desperately trying to get Jesus to return to his home. But there's a log jam. The crowds are stopping his little entourage getting through. It's a bit like an ambulance trying to uh, get through to someone in need through a traffic jam in the rush hour. Then comes this sick woman. She's somehow squeezed through the crowd. She approached Jesus from behind and she reaches out and touches his cloak. Notice why she'd done this. Look at verse 27. When she heard about Jesus. So people have been talking. There was an expectancy about him. As she touched his cloak, she suddenly felt a difference. His power was passing into her. She felt it in her body. Look at 29. Immediately. It's a lovely word, isn't it? She was freed from her suffering. And it is the same today. When people honestly turn to Jesus, we are immediately saved. I suspect she'd have liked to creep back into the background again. But Jesus won't allow that. No, he turns around and asks, verse 30, Who touched me? <laughs> the disciples couldn't understand. Everyone was pressing in on Jesus. But Jesus knew only one person had touched him. Augustine said very wisely, Flesh presses, faith touches. It's personal. The dear woman, I guess, full of a mixture of, of fear and joy, she comes forward. She knows something's happened. So she comes and falls at Jesus' feet. They both fall at Jesus' feet. And she explains to him her problems and what's happened. Now, why did Jesus call this lady out? It wasn't for him. No, it's for her. And I suspect also for Jairus and for those who are looking on. Why is it that Jesus calls us when we put faith in Jesus to make a public statement about it, to be baptised, and then to continue openly 
acknowledging our allegiance to him. It's for us. Well, this dear lady, she had an imperfect faith. It's very immature, perhaps an ignorant faith, perhaps partly superstition. But what others told her led her to investigate Jesus, to come to him, and that changed her life. It's the same today. The majority of people who become Christians when they're adults do so because they have a real need. And someone told them about Jesus and that he could meet that need. It may be they've got problems. It may be they feel guilty. Maybe their sin comes face to face with them. We shouldn't worry about our motivation and the motivation of other people. Always selfish. We are selfish people. But if we have a real need, this story teaches us, reach out to Jesus. I wonder if we've all come to the place where our need for Jesus has become real. Have we reached out? Have we touched him personally? The Lord can and he will transform our immature faith, our selfish faith. Faith that's as small as a mustard seed. And he can help it develop into something large and strong that others can find rest in. Look at verse 34 here. It's lovely. Daughter, your faith has healed you. It's, it's so tender. It's the only time in the Bible where uh, Jesus calls a lady daughter. And then he goes on and says, has healed you. Actually, the, the Greek word there is derived from sozo, which can also be translated saved you. Jesus didn't want her to stay with an immature faith. He wanted her to mature, to have a deep faith. And that requires all of us not just her, to make clear to others who we kneel before, who we believe in, who saved us. Now, back to Jairus again. Poor man, just imagine him, this interruption in his desperation to get Jesus to his daughter. And then his servants turn up and give the devastating news. Your daughter is dead. The bottom must have fallen out of his life. His faith in Jesus must have been snuffed out. But it was quickly reignited when Jesus says to him, Don't be afraid. Look at 36. Just believe. Oh, what a word that is for, well, certainly for Jairus, but also for many of us in our society, whatever the problem we face, whether it's COVID-19 or whatever, don't be afraid, just believe. And last week I heard that my son had got COVID-19. And he says to me, trust me, whatever happens, I'm in control. 
Keep on believing. Now we come to the climax of this story. I've called it the resurrection. There's a great difference between healing someone and raising them from the dead. Only God can do that. Jairus is now asked to believe by Jesus that he can raise the dead. In other words, that he's God. Just three disciples accompany Jesus to Jairus' home with his servants. And when they get there, verse 38, they're the professional mourners. Imagine the scene. There they are with their wake. Why all this fuss, Jesus says, all this wailing? The child isn't dead, but asleep. <laughs> and they just laughed. They knew she was dead. You know our word cemetery? It comes from a, a Greek word that means dormitory, where people go to sleep. This is what the Bible clearly teaches. When we die, our body is separated from our soul. But real death, the death we should fear, is the separation of our soul from God. This is why Jesus here, just as he did when talking about his friend Lazarus, who'd been dead for four days. <laughs> he's just asleep. You see, he's concerned about the, the big death. Jesus puts out the mourners. He goes and takes the parents and takes uh, his disciples with him to the child's room. Jesus wants their faith faith to in him to grow what an impact that scene had on peter he told mark about it we know that uh, mark's gospel is the teaching of peter and peter actually remembered the exact aramaic words talitha kum literally little lamb arise and she did. Can you imagine what that little girl first saw? There in front of her was Jesus holding her hand, I guess with a great big smile on his face. And then she looks around and she sees her dumbstruck parents, the awestruck disciples. But there's Jesus. It's a picture of a, a proto-resurrection. It's what's going to happen to us when we die. We'll see him just as he is. Jairus would never be the same. Well, how can we apply this to us? If we know of a spiritual need, we must put our hand out and touch Jesus like that woman. We must come to Jesus like Jairus. They had a very imperfect faith, like many of us have. A selfish faith, but a real need which we know that only God can meet. If we want to know Jesus personally, then come to him. 
with our limited faith. He can change everything. He can give us a deep faith. But, okay, we've made that step. But how can we ensure that our faith grows into a great big tree? Look at verse 35. There's a little clue here. After healing this poor woman, what does Jesus go and do? He continues to speak. He's teaching them. That's the answer. Keep on listening to what Jesus and his apostles and his prophets teach us. We must dig deep into the Bible. One couple uh, in the churches uh, is desperate that their grandchildren should understand the gospel. And they took this uh, problem of COVID-19 shutdown and learned how to make videos. They've made 12 videos that summarize the Christian story, how God is related to his people. And they've sent them to their grandchildren. They say that their own faith has grown because they've done this. That is the role of the church, to teach people the word of God. Should we stop there and let's pray for us that we'll all kneel before Jesus, touch him, come to him, but then go on and have a faith that grows. Let's pray. Lord, please protect us in your church from having an elitist, intellectualised faith. But help us all to come to you as people with real needs. We've all got real needs. Help us to learn to trust you and then to learn from you. And Lord, thank you that we can look forward also to this resurrection from from the dead, when we can see you face to face. Lord, thank you for this wonderful gospel. Amen. It's a wonderful story, isn't it? Good night.